Hello, and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thanks for listening. And if you want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For just $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff for all signs on TeePublic, so go there to check it out. We're also all over social media. Follow us. It's worth it. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can also visit our website, AllegedlyAstrology.com, to learn more about us and the show and book a reading with me, Dana, and to check out charts and transcripts for select episodes. So let's get into today's juicy topic it's the finale of season five and we will not let you down with this so dana what are we covering today we're talking about tom brady and giselle bunchen and this was requested by emily who is our patron we love you thank you emily thank you emily and i think everyone else will be thanking emily at the end of this episode because it's like i said it's a good one but um let's discuss tom and giselle if you don't know who they are we'll get into all that but Basically, they were like the picture-perfect hot couple. They're basically goats in each of their fields. Tom is a star quarterback. Giselle is one of the most famous and highest-paid supermodels in the world. Their fiery whirlwind romance has been going since 2006. But after 16 years and two kids, the couple finally called it quits. After a ton of media speculation, a lot of drama. So let's learn about them and their astrology. So, Tom Brady. Super big deal NFL quarterback. He played for the New England Patriots the majority of his career, and now he's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before he was a huge star, he was just a normal random dude. Um, He's (laughs) the only son and fourth child of Gail. Is it Galen? Let's say Galen. Galen? Galen? Galen. Like Galen, but Galen. Ooh, Galen. (laughs) What if Galen Maxwell was his mother? (laughs) Oh my God. So that's his mom. (laughs) Name, pronunciation, TBD. And his dad's name is also Tom. Thomas Brady Sr. And honestly, growing up, Tom was like pretty good at football, um, but nothing special, to be honest. So what's his big three? Okay, Tom Brady was born on August 3rd, 1977 at 11.48 a.m. in San Mateo, California. And he has his son in Leo, his moon in Aries, and he's a Libra rising. Oh, my God, you guys. So many. Any Aries moons we've been doing this season has been crazy. Sometimes topics choose us, you guys. We don't choose topics. So (laughs) Moon and Aries are choosing us. We're being chosen. Aries moons are like begging to be idolized by allegedly astrology. Yeah. It's working. Yeah. So the sun in Leo is strong. Um, The sun rules Leo. So it's in domicile here. And this placement is associated with confidence and performers, famous people. His son is in his natal 11th house, which can sometimes indicate fame or public notoriety since this is the house of audiences. And his moon is in Aries. And so this is competitive. Um... And as we always say, it's the Rihanna moon. Um, It would be amazing if she came out of retirement and dropped a real album. Oh, my God. Not just like a ballad for a fucking soundtrack. Yeah, but I mean, I wanted it to be a banger. I appreciated it. I understand why it's there, but you know what we want. It was the sigh and tear heard around the world. So, yeah. So the moon is um, emotions and his moon is ruled by his natal Mars and Gemini in his ninth house. The ninth house relates to studying. So this can indicate maybe why he would excel at football, which seems to have a lot of like plays and they always have binders. So I assume that they're studying something. (laughs) Binders full of plays. (laughs) Binders full of plays. 
binders full of women. But his natal Mars is also opposite Neptune and Sagittarius, which can make him a dreamer. Um, so on one hand, an Aries moon ruled by Mars and Gemini would tend to intellectualize emotions and probably be um, like in, taking like, an intellectual approach to that. But since it's opposite his natal Neptune, he might not always see things clearly or like he might not always see both sides clearly. Um, and he's a Libra rising. So Libra is a sign of relationships, which means relationships are important to him. Libra is ruled by Venus. So his Venus is his chart ruler and his natal Venus is in Cancer in his 10th house of career. So this means that he can be super focused on his career and really feel like most comfortable, most at home when he's at work um, and in like a position of leadership. Also interesting is that his natal 10th house is ruled by his moon in his seventh house of marriage, which means he may feel like his career is ruled by his marriage and maybe he like rebels against this. um, From the outside, it doesn't seem to be a real case, but I don't know. And he also was born five days before Chiron stationed retrograde in Taurus in his eighth house, which could mean that he has a hard time sharing. Chiron is the wounded healer. Um, and in the eighth house, it's all about like intimacy and sharing and relationships. It could also just mean that the like big wounds in his life will come around sort of this idea of sharing. Interesting. I mean, I think that makes sense. There's definitely rumors about him not wanting to be second in command. I think at one point on the New England Patriots, they were trying to get like a second player to be his backup. And he was like such a dick to him. And he was such a dick to Jimmy Garoppolo, like such a dick. He's never had a strawberry. And every time he has like those dead eyes, the kind of eyes where the camera focuses on him. And you're like, where are you looking like? But he just seems so dull. Well, I think it's interesting. His Mercury is in Virgo in his 12th house. So I feel like that is very like regimented in a psychotic way. That's probably like why he like won't eat like what's it called? Like nightshades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also has his son. I mean, with Saturn, which I can I'll get into a little bit more later in Leo, which could maybe dull that charisma uh, factor for like a Leo son. It's not like he doesn't have charisma, but he's like you said, Sarah, he is he just has this like regimented personality. That's like like you kind of get the sense that he just doesn't let loose. But let's go back to Tom and how he got his start. So he played college at University of Michigan and he was a backup quarterback, and he didn't get much playing time, actually. And after he graduated, football recruiters just, like, weren't that impressed with him. He didn't do super well at the scouting combine. And because of this, he actually wasn't selected until the sixth round of the NFL draft, which is pretty late. But alas, being selected at all, you know, if you're a backup quarterback that didn't get many snaps, like, this is a big deal. And so he ended up getting selected by the New England Patriots at 199th overall. And that might seem super late. And it was, but it turned out he was like a steel draft pick because surprise, surprise, he did not turn out to be a dud. He played for the Patriots and he was their huge star for 18 seasons, leading them to a shit ton of Super Bowls. He now holds nearly every major quarterback record. He's the winningest quarterback in NFL history. He's been to the Super Bowl nine times and has won seven out of those nine times. And I actually had the pleasure of seeing him lose a Super Bowl in real life in 2012. And I will cherish that moment forever. Um, He's been a Super Bowl MVP five times. Currently, he's the oldest Super Bowl MVP at age 43 and the oldest quarterback selected to the Pro Bowl at age 44. So is there anything in his chart that would show he would become an elite athlete and kind of like maybe why his talents are recognized so late? Well, I mean, yes and no. There is because he is one, right? So let's look at like he's a son in Leo, which means he wants to be the best. His moon is in Aries and that wants to win everything. This is a fire moon and sun. And so it's also like Leo's a sign of the self. Um, moon Aries is a sign of like the baby, the infant, the individual. So it's really sort of like 
I want to break through and like I want to be the best. He's a Libra rising, which means it's possible that he may feel like he always wants to prove himself or sometimes he needs external validation for his like identity in this world. Um, It also suggests that he thrives in relationships. And since his natal Venus is in his 10th house, it can mean that he thrives most in business relationships. Um, So, yeah, so he has a Saturn in Leo with his son. uh, And this means that he's able to apply diligence to working and maybe can temper some of the confidence of a Leo son. Um, Saturn, though, is like it's debilitated in Leo. So he can also maybe get tunnel vision where he can only see himself. That's part of the reason Saturn is debilitated in Leo because it's the sign of the self. And so it's about shining. So Saturn can not only dull that shine, it can also sort of make you really be about yourself. Saturn is exalted in Libra where it's about relationships. So you're able to apply this sort of diligence and commitment to relationships. He's really committed to himself and his like image. Like, yeah, maybe he gets this tunnel vision. Um, and especially with Saturn in the 11th house, like he could be like a late bloomer or an underdog. He kind of is, though. Like no one cared about him. Honestly, he like never got playing time, which I thought was very surprising. So he did fight tooth and nail. So but he also has Mars in Jupiter, Mars and Jupiter in Gemini opposite Neptune. And Mars opposite Neptune is tricky because it can give someone like pipe dreams or make it make it difficult for them to have like a realistic grasp on their own power. So this can also sort of be underdog energy. Ooh, yeah. Which I feel like a Leo or like someone could like use that underdog energy to be like, I have, I have so much to prove. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially that rules his moon, too. So that Aries moon is sort of like, mm. you know, it's like it could be confused at times. A lot of people probably told him he was mediocre or like, Tom, this is you did. You had a great career. Like, why are you still trying? And he's like, no, I'm really fucking good at football. And everyone's like, OK, but yeah, that's yeah, so. that he was. OK, so Tom Brady also has Pluto and his north node on his ascendant in Libra. So Pluto is the planet of power and Pluto in the first house. This can be someone who's inclined to power games or like the desire to prove themselves kind of by any means necessary. Pluto is very much a by any means necessary planet. And then the North Node is an eclipse point um, of destiny. And in his first house, it means that he's sort of like destined to come into his own and seize that power, right? Ooh, makes sense. So next up, we have Giselle. She's best known as a Brazilian supermodel, but she's also an entrepreneur and philanthropist. She's a sixth generation German-Brazilian born to Vania, a bank clerk, and Valder Bunchen, a sociologist and writer. She grew up with five sisters, and she has a fraternal sister, which I always forget. Damn, that sucks for that <laughs> I know. That's what I thought, too. Anyway, what's her big three? Okay, Giselle was born on July 20th, 1980 at 5 p.m. in Tres de Mayo, Rio Grande do Sol, Brazil. Um, And she's a Cancer Sun, a Scorpio Moon, and a Capricorn Rising, which is hot and very cool. So Cancer Cancer Suns are tender and sentimental. It's like kind of a hot girl placement and could make her especially maternal. The Cancer is a sign of the mother. Her son is in her seventh house of relationships, so she may feel like she really shines in relationships, which could also mean that the second a relationship goes bad or after a while when she can no longer see a future where she's shining in a relationship, she might break break things off. Um, And her son is ruled by her Scorpio moon, which is a difficult placement for the moon. The moon in Scorpio can feel vulnerable and raw and be especially sensitive as well as protective. So, like, if a Scorpio moon opens up to you, this is a gift and do not take it for granted. If you do take them for granted, they will rescind that gift, um, you know, maybe with a divorce. And so her Scorpio moon is ruled by Mars and Libra, which is conjunct her midheaven or the point of career and public and reputations. So this means that her job and career are also sort of like a point of comfort for her. And her Capricorn rising, I mean, kind of underscores what I just said, but also will make her like diligent, stoic. 
I once read that she gave birth in a bathtub and it was a silent birth. So she like didn't scream. And she was she was like, it's important for the baby to not have you scream. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, bless (laughs) you. But this is like very Capricorn, especially since her chart ruler is Saturn in Virgo in her ninth house of mysticism. And I also read that she saged her car days before announcing her divorce. So this is a very Saturn (laughs) in Virgo in the ninth house when it's her chart ruler type thing to do. Um, The ninth house, again, relates to mysticism. It's the house of astrology, etc. And Mercury stationed direct in Cancer one day after she was born and whenever a planet stations retrograde or direct within a week of someone's birth that planet will be enhanced in their chart. Amazing rock star astrologer Chris Brennan says it's like an exclamation point next to that planet. And her Mercury is exactly conjunct her descendant. So this is the point of her partner, aka Tom. And so this means that like relationships are just enhanced in her life in general and like communication in them is really very important to her. Like she and she was also born six days before a lunar eclipse in Aquarius. And so being born so close to an eclipse can indicate extreme circumstances in life. In her case, this eclipse fell in her second house of income. So and she's one of the highest earning supermodels of all time. But also, if we remember Saturn right now is in Aquarius. Um, so that could be sort of like sensitive. We'll get into this more later. Interesting. Jake, I wanted to say about Scorpio moons, people with a lot of Scorpio placements, I don't mean to group all of you together, but something I've noticed, especially I have quite a few friends with a lot of Scorpio placements, and I feel like they are the type of people that you can't pry, you know, you just have to like let them live their lives. And if they say something to you, like never spread it probably to anyone else, but you just have to like let them come to you like... If they're doing something, like, don't ask them what they're doing. Just, like, let them live their lives. And maybe they'll tell you. And if they do, then you're like, wow, we're friends. Yeah. Also, like, that's sort of the magnetic part of a Scorpio is that they are sort of doing their own thing and it makes people just want to know. Well, Giselle initially actually wanted to be a volleyball player, which kind of resonates with her chart. But her mother enrolled her and her sisters in a modeling course to teach them confidence and better posture. After the course ended, Giselle and her sisters were rewarded with a trip. And on that trip, she was discovered by elite model management. Chic. I think that's like the dream, you know. Kate Moss was discovered in an airport, which I think is so cool. Of course, these people were discovered in real life because this was before Instagram. Yeah. True. Good old days. But much like Tom, even though she was discovered, Giselle didn't start off being a star Victoria's Secret angel from the get-go. She was rejected 42 times in London before eventually being cast in... King Alexander McQueen's runway show in 1998. Also, a Scorpio moon for sure knows the amount of times they were rejected. (laughs) Oh my God, that's actually so funny. Like the precise 42 number. (laughs) I know. I love that about her. I love that for her. Her getting this runway, despite her being bitter, probably about all the other things that happened, um, really gave her mainstream attention and international fame. Yeah. And then after that, she became insanely successful in the modeling world. And she's still thought of as one of the biggest stars in the fashion industry. During her career, she was one of the highest paid models in the world. Vogue credited her with ending heroin chic in the 90s. So everyone thanked Giselle for ending that trend. Yeah, because she's like, doesn't look sick. She has like slightly tan skin and good hair. She's an athlete. Yeah, she's an athlete. She wanted to be a volleyball player. And so she's also credited for pioneering the horse walk, which is sort of like a stomping movement created by a model 
lifting her knees high and kicking her feet to step. So is Giselle the original horse girl? Ah, that's so funny. Maybe. Well, we don't know if she's the OG horse girl, but she was the fourth model to appear on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, where they named her the most beautiful girl in the world in 2000. And then since then, she's appeared on over 1200 magazine covers. She is clearly widely recognized for her beauty. So, Dana, is there anything in her chart that would show this? Um, Yeah, so she's a Capricorn rising, and the rising is your physical appearance. It's your face, and Capricorn is a sign of bones and structure. It's a sign of bone structure, so this indicates good bone structure. And her rising is ruled by Saturn and Virgo, which is a sign of perfection and health, which enables Mm -hmm. her to maintain her appearance at any age, like through healthy um, habits. Mars is conjunct her midheaven in Libra and Mars is the planet of power and the midheaven is our career and reputation. In Libra, hers is ruled by Venus, the planet of beauty, and her Venus is in Gemini opposite Neptune and Sagittarius. Neptune is a planet of fascination and when it's opposite Venus, it can make someone especially like alluring or magnetic. Her beauty is like literally you could say like it's intoxicating, like people... She might even I wouldn't be surprised if she's someone who is even more beautiful in person. Her midheaven is ruled by Venus in her sixth house. So this is like the daily habit. So she's not only like sort of beautiful in her daily life, which she is beautiful without makeup. She I feel like she's very toned down. Very natural. I feel like that thing about what was it? Saturn and Virgo. She's known. I listened to a, a podcast about her memoir and she talks about how she doesn't diet, but she just like freakishly eats healthy. Like she's not trying to diet. She just like doesn't drink coffee like she drinks a lot of juices but it's like probably like vegetable juice probably like sugarless vegetable juice also just the mars on her mc to me is just like supercharging her like beauty and that she's known for yeah beauty. and mars is to it's in detriment in libra but it's sort of like it's a rebel so she she's like i'm not doing this your way i'm doing it my way that's why remember she ended that 90s heroin chic look oh, right yeah, like she yes. her whole persona was able to end an entire beauty trend And that says a lot. So how did these two hotties meet? Obviously through friends like some of us do in 2006. And it's a little unclear if it was a blind date or a casual hang. But shortly after Tom broke up with his girlfriend, actress and model Bridget Moynihan, a.k.a. Natasha from Sex and the City. I always forget that. (laughs) I literally don't even know who that is. (laughs) Mr. Big's um, 25-year-old wife who he meets in France and then... And then he has an affair with Carrie. And then she was also in the terrible reboot that they just did. She's in Blue Bloods. You definitely like she's one of those actresses. You know her if you see her. You would. But anyway, Tom and Giselle began dating pretty much right away after Tom split from Bridget. And both Tom and Giselle talk fondly about their first meeting. Tom said that calling Giselle for the first time was a call that changed his life. Giselle told Vogue, the moment I saw him, he smiled and I was like, That is the most beautiful, charismatic smile I've ever seen. We sat and talked for three hours. I had to go home for Christmas, but I didn't want to leave. You know that feeling of like, you can't get enough? From the first day we've met, we've never spent one day without speaking to each other. I was going to say, that is a man with a Venus in Cancer. This call changed my life. Yeah, like, okay, nerd. Like, you (laughs) haven't even had a strawberry. I'm not really sure what else could change your life. There's so many opportunities to change your life every day, probably. So... Tom and Giselle clearly have some chemistry, so let's check out their bi-wheel, Dana. We're at the bi-wheel. Tom's moon is conjunct Giselle's IC and Aries, which means he feels like home. The moon is like your emotions and also really relates to someone's like home. It's kind of like your security and your needs. And the IC is a point that 
relates to endings and it also relates to like your home. It's like who you are when you're alone with yourself. And his moon is opposite her natal Mars, which could indicate like fighting or disagreements. Moon Mars sinistry is is like often hot sex and like sexual um, tension. Giselle's moon is conjunct Tom's Uranus and Scorpio. And this is magnetic attraction for both of them. Uranus is like magnetic attraction. And then Giselle's moon again is going to be her emotions, her body, her like what she needs. And so she might feel especially surprised or taken off guard or cut off guard by this because Uranus also is sort of like breakthroughs. It's like, wow, I'm like really uh, surprised by all of this. And in Scorpio, this will like add depth and loyalty to their relationship and also the possibility of pain. Tom's Mercury is in Virgo conjunct Giselle's Jupiter. Mercury is exalted in Virgo and Jupiter is in detriment in Virgo. So his Mercury being the more dignified planet here can for sure help the relationship because he's able to sort of hone in on details and goals and then materialize them into reality. It's also possible that a dignified planet could take advantage of the resources that they have and maybe like the upper hand, which I mean, I'm being accusatory, but they're getting divorced. It's probably what happened. He also may be able to like articulate certain beliefs that Giselle always held, but never had the words for, which is just great in any relationship, right? But Tom Saturn in Leo is conjunct Giselle's North Node in her eighth house. And the North Node means it's someone who's destined to learn how to share and take in relationships. And his Saturn maybe may like represent commitment and foundation for her. But Saturn is also in detriment in Leo, which means that sharing could be lopsided in this relationship. And also it could be sort of like she feels like she's not getting as much as she's giving because if the eighth house is it's shared so it's what she what you give and what your partner gives it's like this mutual fund um and or like a or a shared bank account but saturn and leo could saturn's the planet of restriction it's like what takes away so it could sort of like detract from that tom's venus is in cancer in giselle's seventh house of marriage so this is about bonding and attraction venus is the planet of love the seventh house is marriage and your partner Giselle's Venus is conjunct Tom's Mars and Jupiter and Gemini. So this relationship had like for sure no shortage of mental stimulation. Venus and Mars and Gemini will both need that like in a relationship. Venus being love, Mars being sex and Venus conjunct Mars is like, you know, it's attraction. It's sex could also be fighting and arguing, especially in Gemini, which could just enjoy banter. And Venus and Jupiter are the two benefic planets. And this is an awesome conjunction to have in Sinistry. This means that they probably like I said, had good banter and maybe like enjoy debating and maybe just like debating is their foreplay, right? Like maybe like, (laughs) no, no, no. Yes. And then they're just like, you know, fucking or whatever. (laughs) So the rosy glow around the couple's early romance didn't last long because two months after they started dating, news broke that Tom was expecting a child with his ex-girlfriend, Bridget. Giselle was like pretty upset about this. She said her world was turned upside down. Sad. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly crazy. Like, I mean, I kind of feel bad for both of them. Must have sucked to, like, have him be in this relationship with this, like, super smoking hot woman and she's just, like, pregnant and alone. Yeah, I bet that does suck. Also, sometimes, I mean, if if I'm being a Sag Moon optimist here, difficulties early in relationships can sort of strengthen them in a way, right? Because it's like, look what we got through so early. Yeah. But Giselle eventually got over it. And after two years of dating, the couple got engaged. And the engagement was an incredibly quick one because they got married just a month later and had a really small, low-key wedding with just their parents. So what was going on when they got married? They got married on February 26, 2009. And the sun was in Pisces and the moon started the day in Pisces and ended the day in Aries. So this was right after two days after a new moon in Pisces. The new moon in Pisces is always sort of like a new pages are turning in like healing. It's like, you know, it's like love. It's altruism. It's sort of like a religious sacred experience. 
But this new moon was conjunct Uranus, so it's also not without its like own share of surprises. And then here, you guys, like drumroll, please. Venus stationed retrograde in Aries seven days after they were married. Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Getting married near Venus retrograde does not spell doom, but it's just highly ill-advised. Especially with Venus stationing retrograde in Aries where it's debilitated and thus lacking resources to sort of like support relationships and love. Venus retrograde in Aries can maybe enhance individual insecurity. So it could maybe maybe make you sort of claw at the relationship or it could maybe, you know, highlight separation in some ways. It's also ill-advised because Venus was both Tom and Giselle's time lord when they got married. Tom was in an eighth house Taurus year. So it's about intimacy and sharing a time that it makes sense to get married. And Giselle was in a fifth house Taurus year, and the fifth house is about romance and fun. Again, both of them are in years where it makes sense to get married. Also interesting is that they're all, they'll always be in the same planet, and they'll always have the same time lord, and they'll always have the same sign as their time lord. That's cool. It is cool. I agree. Both of them have Chiron and Taurus, which shows that this year will come with lessons around healing. Whatever, if there are planets in your perfected house, then that planet is highlighted too. And Chiron is the planet that relates to healing. So this is enhanced. Also, Venus stationing retrograde in Aries was in Giselle's fourth house of home and Tom's seventh house of marriage. So this could either be second thoughts or like a prolonged wedded bliss. The fourth house is home, seventh house again is marriage, so it's sort of like settling in. And Giselle was also in her Saturn return and her nodal opposition. Mm. So the Saturn return is about responsibility and commitment, and the nodal opposition is like really about changing how you thought your life would go. It's these two eclipse points that make it so that you don't know. Like, you're on a completely different track. I just picture like sort of in like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like someone just like picking up a tiny child and just putting them somewhere else. Then also in their Davison chart. So the Davison chart is a chart that takes the exact middle point, day, hour, and also longitude and latitude so there's probably like in the ocean but it's like they're sort of like your little birthday chart and this is a chart different than the composite chart which takes the midpoint of each planet so this one you can like do things like perfect and zodiacal releasing book reading with me if you want to know more about it and so their davison chart just began a seventh house year on january 26 2009 interestingly also saturn was conjunct the davison north node in virgo on the day of their marriage and the north node is an eclipse point right about destiny And Saturn is all about um, commitment and like in Virgo, it's going to be about like service. So it could be about service to each other. It could be like sort of like we're doing this together. I think it's sort of sweet. It's also interesting because sometimes I think people can maybe get maybe fear Saturn transits, maybe um, since Saturn often indicates like breakups, but it also indicates doubling down on commitment. So cute for them. They were happy. No, you love to hear that. Once again, a lot of things that you said, especially about Giselle, I think her nodal opposition and changing how you thought your life would go, honestly, is like a a big, very telling thing for her. Interesting. So two months after their wedding, they threw a second one in Costa Rica because how could you not? But it was also pretty small. And shortly after that, they welcomed a son named Benjamin. And three years after that, they had a daughter, Vivian. During this time, Tom was in his prime and Giselle was seen at the games. She supported him both on and off the field and would often make statements to the media about his play. However, her career took a backseat so that she could stay home with her family. And her last catwalk, at least for now, happened in 2015. So what was going on when she walked Sao Paulo Fashion Week for the very last time? So she walked her last catwalk on April 16th, 2015. On this day, Pluto was like tightly conjunct her ascendant. Pluto is a planet of major transformations. And uh, it also it's one that sort of can often Pluto trends often hurt. So this could have been one that was painful uh, a little bit, right? Or surprising in a way that's, you know, not necessarily easy. Who she is and who she like what she knows about herself is changing. 
She was also in an 11th house year, and on her 11th house, she has Scorpio. Scorpio is ruled by Mars. Mars is her time lord. And her natal Mars is conjunct her midheaven, so this year is going to bring turning points in her career. And Jupiter stationed direct in Leo seven days before her last walk. Jupiter is the planet of gifts, and Leo's on her eighth house of sharing and intimacy. So I feel like this represents like the sacrifice she made to the marriage. Like this is a gift she's giving. Also transiting Mars, which again is her time lord, was conjunct her progressed IC in Taurus on the day that she walked this catwalk, which is wild. The IC is uh, about endings and, and like, you know, death proverbial or like, you know, death of an era. Um, and it's in her fifth house in Taurus, which is the, the house of children. So she's sort of it's the end. She's, you know, now she's sort of empowered to like wash her kids as opposed to empowered to you know, control her career where, where it's on her natal midheaven. And her progressed Venus is conjunct her natal descendant. Um, and Venus rules her natal midheaven in Libra. So it's almost like she's giving her career to this marriage, which again, underscores the sacrifice um, theme. And then her soul return midheaven was conjunct her natal Neptune in Sagittarius in the 12th house. Again, this is a house of sacrifices. And her soul wow. return IC, which is about endings, is conjunct her natal Venus in Gemini, which is the house uh, in her sixth house of work. So her IC in her sixth house of her solar return is like ending daily work. And then it's conjunct her natal Venus, which rules her natal Libra 10th house of career and her Taurus fifth house of children. It's all really underscoring this like theme of like sacrifice children. And it's like for love. No, it's crazy because the next two years for the couple brought their share of ups and downs, though they are pretty private, you know, They've been very candid about how marriage and parenting is hard. And Giselle admitted in her memoir that, you know, after they had their, had their first kid, they were both really overwhelmed. They were both having a hard time. And around this time, Tom also acknowledged that Giselle had sacrificed a lot for their family. Just thinking about like all those transits, Dana said, but I also think about like that Tom, Saturn, and Leo conjunct Giselle's North Node in her eighth house about like these shared resources, but like not everyone is giving up, you know, the same things. Yeah, it's, it never really evens out. Like a lot is being asked of her and she's showing up, but you can only do that for so long. For sure. Well, they made it a while, and but the first time their relationship seemed headed for divorce was in 2016, shortly after Deflategate. And if you don't know about Deflategate, it was an NFL controversy revolving around accusations that Brady ordered that the footballs in the AFC Championship games be slightly deflated for an easier grip. Things were like really tense. Tom was getting accused of cheating. I Now that I know Giselle's chart, I can't say that she would be someone that would be like okay with that. <laughs> so I think things were like very tense between the two of them. And Tom was actually suspended for several games and even took his suspension to an appeals court, which I totally forgot about. Like it was a lot I of just found that out. Court, like real court, like American court systems. What a dweeb. But eventually he gave in and just like accepted his suspension. And, you know, Giselle and him showed the world that they were cool by being in public and being very PDA. So what was going on in their relationship when Deflategate happened? Deflategate was January 18th, 2015. And on this day, the sun and moon were in Capricorn with Pluto building to a new moon on January 20th at zero degrees Aquarius. But yeah, so the sun illuminates Pluto as power and secrets and the moon like materializes these concepts into reality. So it's like illuminating some sort of like secrets about the power. And especially with Capricorn being the sign of establishment, Tom Brady's just very much like establishment NFL. Venus can represent sport. Venus, we're looking at for like deflation of balls. It would be Venus being games, Mars being sport, and Saturn being deflation. So 
Saturn and his son being together can mean that he wants to deflate them for his own image, which is sort of a stretch. I mean, but that's not that much of a stretch, right? Like, he wanted to keep winning. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's also, okay, so this was two days before Mercury stationed retrograde in Aquarius opposite Jupiter and Leo. So this is like sort of shattering public conception about this like major Mm. sports hero. Aquarius is a planet of, um, or Aquarius is a sign of like the public. Like, so it's also sort of um, like things catch on and things people are like talking. It's an air sign. So people are always talking and that's Mercury. So Mercury's retrograde. So it's sort of like halting, like what you think, you know, right. And it's sort of also suspending the story probably in the media opposite Jupiter and Leo, which was retrograde and Jupiter and Leo is like sort of like builds up the individual, right? It's like um, sort of like puffing your chest out, but it's sort of like, nah, like this is not the truth. And Uranus was conjunct the South Node in Aries. And so this is about like surprises. Aries is also athletics. Uranus is surprises. The South Node is like sucking out what you think, you know, it's uh, it's where society is like, it's like the downtrend, right? Um, and then Mars and Neptune were conjunct in Pisces which is sort of cutting through lies. Mars is the knife. Neptune is a lies and deception. And it's square Saturn. And so Saturn's a planet of reality. So this is like a, a reality check, right? It's like reality is making it so that you cannot lie. Um, in Pisces, though, I do understand maybe he really didn't know what he was doing. Seems like he cheated to me from what you're saying. And then in their Davison charts. So Saturn was conjunct the descendant in Sagittarius of their Davison chart. So this is difficult times that either spell breakups or doubling down on commitment. This could also be like a ding that really lasted in their relationship. And Pluto was conjunct their Davison moon in Capricorn in their eighth house. So Pluto, again, being the the uh, planet of big transformations. The moon is like the emotional core of the relationship. And in the eighth house, it's about what they share. So this could also relate to sort of trust and resentment. This is also in Capricorn in the eighth house. So they're sort of like communicating about, you know, like, well, what they share, like maybe he didn't share this with her. And maybe this was sort of like she found out through the media too. No, it seems like so much of the relationship is like them kind of facing these like very intense obstacles. And then again, like probably that Scorpio moon of hers, like very ride or die. So I feel like you almost become stronger, like you were saying before, but you could only yeah. go through so much shit. And I don't know if like this was directly related to Deflategate, but once before she had done her like last catwalk to like sacrifice for her family. And then she just like finds out he's been like cheating his way. Like she must have fucking flipped out. Yeah, for sure. But also, again, it could have been around. It could have been about other things. But I think there was general tension at the end of this where like if I was Giselle and I was giving up all of this, I would want Tom to acknowledge it, which it's not like he didn't. But I want to go back real quick and like look at their Mercuries because to me, an interesting part about their marriage, like researching it, obviously marriages are more complex than what you're going to read and you know, a bunch of like Us Weekly magazine articles. But I do think something that is a general trend with them is that it seems like Tom is very well aware of what he needs to do in the marriage to make Giselle happy. And I think she makes it like very well known. Like it seems like they talk about this and they understand like what the issue is. It's just like not solved. Yeah. So Giselle's Mercury, again, it's stationed direct one day after she was born. So it's like stationary. It's basically still in the sky. It's loud a a retrograde or like a stationary planet is loud in a chart and it's conjunctor descendant the planet of the partner so this means that like talking in relationships is very important to her 
And it's ruled by her natal Scorpio moon. So she's probably defensive in relationship. She's also defends her relationships. But yeah, so this could probably make, I wouldn't be surprised if he does walk on eggshells around her. And I I wonder if Leonardo DiCaprio was actually uniquely able to sort of get to her since he has so many Scorpio placements too. Ooh. Yeah. If Giselle and Leo get back together, I'm going to fucking freak out. Like she also, I think is probably very altruistic. Having your Mercury in your seventh house makes you aware of other people. And then with that ruled by the moon in the 11th house, the 11th house is the house of like the audience, but it's also the house where people like think about other people. They realize that they're a part of a crowd, not necessarily just, you know, an individual. And then his Mercury is in Virgo. It's dignified. It's exalted in his 12th house. So this means that he might have secrets on the good side. Their Mercury sextile each other. So Mercury in Cancer uh, sextiles Mercury in Virgo, which means that they can work together and also Mercury in Tom's Giselle's Mercury in Tom's 10th house means that she is sort of aware of his career and she's not shying away from it, I suppose. And then his um, Mercury in Virgo in her ninth house means that he probably accepts her like saging of every room in a house. (laughs) So Tom even went on Howard Stern and talked about his relationship struggles with Giselle, saying that she was annoyed with him, that his absence from family matters was a theme in their marriage. And he said, and I quote, a couple of years ago, she didn't feel like I was doing my part for the family. She felt like I would play football all season and she would take care of the house. And then all of a sudden, when the season ended, I'd be like, great, let me go into all of my other business activities. Let me get into my football training. And she's sitting there going, well, when are you going to do things for the house? When are you going to take the kids to school? Like she likes being at home. She likes being with her family. Yeah. Right. The cancer is the ultimate mother. And we've talked about so many cancers. I have a cancer mother, so I know this very deeply, but it's like no one makes sacrifices for other people more than cancer women. And if you want to learn more about that, go check out our Chloe and Tristan episodes. Um, Something I've learned with having Mars and cancer and something I've noticed by a lot of people who have Mars and cancer is that you have to be like, since you love giving, like doing sacrifices for other people, you can't resent people for it later. This can also sort of be a theme that extends to other cancer placements, which I've actually talked to other people about who like have been like, what's the deal with this cancer person? And I'm like, well, they, they're making sacrifices and they love doing it, but they don't see that you care or know anything about it. Oh, interesting. So it makes sense after hearing all that, that the relationship would become strained when it came time for Tom to figure out what was his next step in his career. Not only is Tom very old for a quarterback, but Giselle is ready to get out there and do some shit because she hasn't really worked much since getting married and having kids. And so back in 2020, all sports fans' eyes were on Tom Brady because he announced he was leaving New England, the place he played literally his whole career. At the time, he built an insane Super Bowl dynasty. So people were like, how can you, you can't play for any other team. This is crazy. But he said, nope, suckas, I'm going to Tampa, Florida to play for the Buccaneers. Wild. And he's like, I'm bringing fucking Gronk with me, which to me was wild. So the family, because this is Tom's life, the family moves from Boston to Tampa. And to everyone's surprise, he wins another Super Bowl, not with New England, but with the Buccaneers. Not only was he 43 years old, but like the Bucs at this time were like a very like ragtag group of a team. Wait, I just found out that he won that Super Bowl. That's wild. You don't remember how drunk he was on that boat when he was like tossing back and forth the Super Bowl trophy and his daughter was like, Daddy, please, Tom Brady was drunk? Yeah, it was crazy. It was like the first time anyone saw him like let loose, which I feel like was sort of a testament to like what Sarah said. Like their mascot is a pirate. I think he literally was just like, 
I want to do the exact opposite and prove that I can still, I can basically turn any team around. Like I, I won the Super Bowl. Tampa didn't win the Super Bowl. Like it's his own ego. He was like, I'm just going to throw to Gronk the whole time and uh, we're going to do this. And that was it. Gronk's like a crazy, big, hot Polish guy. Like just, yeah. (laughs) Slamming his head. Then in early 2020, Tom was like, okay, I did it. It's time. After 22 seasons, I'm going to retire. Everyone's thinking like, who doesn't want to go out with a bang, right? Like, not everyone gets to have their very last season be a surprise Super Bowl win. But if you thought that, you'd be wrong. Because just 40 <laughs> days after he retired, four zero days, he came back to shock the NFL world with the announcement that he was actually unretiring and he will be back again to play with the Buccaneers in Tampa. So what was going on when he first made the announcement and then reconsidered? So, yeah, so he retired on February 1st, 2022, and he unretired on March 13th, 2022. So this at this time, Tom was in a ninth house Mercury Gemini year. The ninth house relates to idols. So he's probably, you know, considering his own place as an idol during this time and also him being an idol to the world. Tom Brady again announced his retirement on February 1st, 2022. And this was two days before Mercury, his Time Lord station direct conjunct Pluto and Capricorn and three days after Venus station direct in Capricorn. Again, Mercury being his time Lord, Venus is his chart ruler. These are, this is a major period for him. It's also, so time is Capricorn on his fourth house of home and endings and Mercury station direct conjunct his natal IC, the point that relates to endings and deaths, real or proverbial. And since his announcement dropped when Mercury was stationing, it's like a it's like a false end, right? It's a false start, false end type thing. One day after there was a new moon in Aquarius conjunct Saturn. New moons are like new starts. And this one was conjunct its ruler in his fifth house of children. So I believe that he believed he was retiring for his children. Um, But again, it was, you know, it was this false start. Also, his progressed moon was in Scorpio in his second house. So he might be secretive or unpredictable at this time. He could be hard to read. It's conjunct his progressed ascendant and Uranus. And the progressed ascendant represents him and his next move. And Uranus is the planet of surprises. So with his progressed moon in the same sign as his progressed ascendant, he's thinking of himself first. And with Uranus, it it comes as a surprise. So he unretired on March 13th when Mercury, his time lord, was in Pisces conjunct or in his natal sixth house of work and like daily routines. Jupiter, the planet of hubris, was also transiting Pisces in his sixth house. And the sun crossed Neptune, um, the planet of illusion, early that morning. And the sun illuminates. So this could have clarified his own delusions about retiring and like what he, you know, like, oh, now he's realizing what his daily life will be like and he's just not okay with it. And then the moon also crossed his midheaven in Cancer that day, which would have made him sentimental and like decisive about unretiring. As for Giselle's transits, she was in a sixth house year during his retirement and unretirement, and she has Gemini on the sixth house, so Mercury also her time lord. Her natal Mercury stationed, like, you know, stationary conjunctor descendant. that's like who Tom is in her chart. So this emphasizes her relationship this year. And her natal son is also in cancer and the son relates to our individuality. So I think that this sort of relates back to what I was saying, where she's assessing her place in the marriage. Like, how much am I shining? Like, am I even a factor? Mercury and Venus retrograde and direct were likely sort of enhancing this idea of where she falls in her relationship. The ascendant being like you in your chart. 
and how she personally like felt about these shared priorities. Like she's doing all this stuff, right? And on the day of the announcement, her ascendant and south node were conjunct in Aquarius and her progress chart. So the ascendant being her and like, you know, her next move and the south node being like going backward, sort of. And also on the day Tom announced his own retirement, Saturn was at 20 degrees Aquarius, exactly conjunct her south node in the second house. So it's sort of bringing that um, that progress transit into reality. Wait, all of that is like crazy because that's like a lot, like all like a lot at once. But once again, astrology being very literal, like when right when I saw like he retired and then unretired, I was like, this obviously is going to be some sort of like Mercury retrograde thing. So it's stationing was like obvious, just another proof that like nothing is set in stone during those times. Nothing. Um, and a few days before the announcement on January 26th, their Davison chart entered, drumroll please, an eighth house year. So this is increasing the magnitude <laughs> and gravity of these Capricorn transits in their eighth house. Also, the unretirement came one day after the Mars return for the Davison chart. And I'm not exactly sure what it means, but I do know that it's resetting the two-year power cycle. So it's sort of like putting it in a new gear. And it's like, well, now what? I mean, it does sound like you know what it means. <laughs> you just <laughs> described it. No, that all is crazy. But, you know, at the time when Tom retired, at first it seemed that Giselle supported his decision on social media. However, when it came to his game, she was noticeably absent from his first home game, and that is not a thing she normally does. Giselle was also spotted in Miami, not wearing a wedding ring, and rumors started to swirl that their relationship was super tense and that they were living separately. For a Cancer, Sun, and Scorpio moon to take off the wedding ring, especially when you're famous and you know people are watching, and especially when you're a Capricorn rising and you keep things under a lock, it's like, you know what? I'm sending out this message. I don't care if you think it's passive-aggressive. I fucking hate you now. I don't think it was passive aggressive though from what we'll learn. I think it was just like cold hard facts of what was going on. But anyway, a source close to the couple said they hadn't been in a good place for a while. They agreed that he would retire and focus on the family and then he changed his mind. So I feel like that told Giselle everything she needed to know. Giselle was like, look, Tom, you've chosen your career over this family and I'm tired of it. She also has her own dreams and aspirations. Yeah, especially because I think what was it, Dana, in her chart? Like, she values her career. It's, like, very important to her. Her moon is in Scorpio and the moon being, like, security, needs, and comfort. And it's ruled by Mars, which is conjunct her midheaven. So she gets security... Especially also then if you think about she's a Capricorn rising, she's really about taking care of herself. She likes to take care of others, but it's hard for her to take. But mostly she's yeah, she likes to to be working and like it just comforts her to work. It makes her feel good to know that she's working. Well, Giselle is someone who likes to like say what's up and tell it how it is. So she actually did an interview where she spoke out kind of explaining why she was not so into Tom on retiring. You know, she was like, Yo, he plays football. It's violent. He's obviously older. And also their children are getting older. But I think it's important to note, like, Giselle is not someone that's like, no, like, you can't play football. I hate you playing football. She wants him to do, like, whatever brings him joy, but... Also, she's a Capricorn rising. She's a person of her word. So she, you know, to go back on your word is sort of like, excuse me, like, what is this relationship to you? So things got so bad between them that they even parted ways for six weeks to try to lower the tension between them. Giselle maintains that she doesn't hate that Tom is playing football. She just hates how he handled retiring, then unretiring, and obviously not showing up for their family after all the sacrifices she's made. So after weeks and weeks of speculation surrounding their marriage, the pair each went on their separate Instagram accounts to confirm that their divorce was finalized. Like it was not even like they were getting divorced. Like that shit was over and they were parting ways. I mean, they like let it ever, they let everyone speculate, but 
the fact that normally when people announce, they announce a separation and then a divorce, finalization comes later. But, like, the fact that they're like, this is fucking done, we're moving on, and that's it. Brad and Angelina could have taken some notes from them. And we covered them on our Patreon. (laughs) But, Dana, what was going on the day that they surprised everyone with their divorce announcement? So this announcement came on October 28th, 2022, and the sun was in Scorpio, the moon was in Sagittarius. This was three days after a solar eclipse in Scorpio conjunct Venus and the South Node. Eclipses are like wormholes. It's like the closest, I think it's the closest that humans can really get to time travel because it like completely knocks you off your path and what you think you know. And so it also like an, a, a solar eclipse is like a new moon on steroids. It shines a light on something. So it's like a spotlight and it's in Scorpio. So it's about pain and depth. This is a spotlight on pain and depth and it's conjunct Venus. So it's also in relationships. This eclipse was conjunct Giselle's natal moon and her progressed Mars which rules her natal moon. Oh my God. So it's sort of like, what, how does she feel about herself? And also I wonder if she's thinking, what does it say about me? Like she's thinking maybe of herself as um role model for her children. And also the South node crossing, like whenever the South node crosses someone's natal moon, it's, it's really like, what are you willing to take? And what are you not willing to take? It's like, uh, like she has had it energy. The news dropped when Jupiter was in the, like the final degree of the Zodiac. So this is Jupiter in Pisces, Jupiter rules Pisces. So it's like, it's dignified. We're like, you know, you want it to be like sort of like really juicy. But Jupiter being like the planet of gifts, it's sort of like when the healing begins, really. We all went through the first six months of 2022. And that was when Jupiter was transiting Pisces. It wasn't so much about getting gifts. It was sort of about like the gift of healing from, you know, being inside for two years. So it's about like when healing begins, really. And this was one day before Mars stationed retrograde at 25 degrees Gemini. And that ruled the eclipse. So it's sort of like this still planet in the sky that rules the eclipse. It's like this is uh, something that's hanging around for a while. It's not really going anywhere. And in Gemini, it's also sort of about like two sides, which probably like I bet they both have their, you know, two sides of the divorce. It was also five days after Saturn station direct at 18 degrees Aquarius. So Saturn being the planet of separation, the planet of um, cutting ties. And it's like still in the sky. It's it's a, like finally moving forward. It's sort of like now we're going through with this. Now everyone knows. For Giselle, her progressed moon entered Gemini on October 18th. And this is also her sixth house. It's the same sign as her natal Venus. So relationships are suddenly at the forefront for her. The progressed moon being sort of like a tracker for like what's a really focused point in your a focus by house and sign. Like what is your focus for about like a year and a half? And then in, in her sixth house, it's also like, what is she willing to do in her daily life? She's like, not, not this anymore. My daily life has changed. And then Tom was in a 10th house cancer year. So uh, the moon is his time Lord. It's also Giselle's. The 10th house relates to career, social status, and reputation. Being married is lumped in here since marriage relates to someone's title, right? So his like reputation, a lot of people get married during 10th house years or 10th house transits because it's like, you know, you're a Mr. or a Mrs. even if you don't change your name. Um, the law recognizes you as recognizes you as such. And his natal 10th house uh, has his midheaven, the point of career and destiny, and his Venus, which is the planet of love and relationships. And Tom's a Libra rising, so Venus being his chart ruler like the planet that represents himself in his chart. And it also rules his eighth house of what's shared in a relationship. So since Venus is uh, in his perfected house, it's sort of like a secondary time lord and it's highlighting him and also what's shared in his relationships, like what's, you know, which is no longer anything, right? Except for, I guess, his children. And his natal moon is in Aries in his seventh house of marriage. And he also has his natal south node there, which can relate to endings and what's being phased out. So some more transits for him. (laughs) Mars stationed retrograde conjunct his natal Jupiter in Gemini. And Mars rules his seventh house of relationships in Aries. So this is like a stop for him. And since his moon is his time lord, eclipses will also be especially highlighted for him this year. 
So the Scorpio solar eclipse conjunct Venus uh, in his second house, which is his house of possessions, his house of money. It's also his house of security. It kind of like obliterated his, you know, his marriage and his life. And eclipses to the second house can take things away that we take for granted. Um, So this could really have like especially rocked his world since it was conjunct his natal Uranus, which is the planet of shock and surprise. So even before the divorce happened, Tom wasn't playing so well this season. In fact, he has a three game losing streak, which is something that hasn't happened to him since 2002. Literally 20 years ago. Wow. He obviously, I know, he obviously loves football. He has a quite the relationship with the NFL. So what is their bywill? Because he cannot quit the shit. I can't quit you. Okay, so the NFL was founded on September 17th, 1920. So the NFL's Neptune is conjunct Tom's son and Leo. The NFL is Neptune at 12 degrees. His son is at 11. Neptune is a planet of fascination, idealization, and the sun is the hero and like the center of the solar system. It's like, you know, the star. And so this kind of indicates how enamored the NFL and NFL fans are with him. And also the NFL's North Node is conjunct Tom's Uranus and Scorpio. The NFL, they're both at seven degrees Scorpio. The North Node is an eclipse point of destiny and moving forward. And Uranus is like a magnetic attraction. It's shock. It's surprise. It's the planet that represents iconoclast or like breakthrough players. And so Tom's Uranus on the NFL's North Node represents him sort of like shocking the system that is the NFL and really breaking through to being an all-time iconic player. Here we are at the end of the episode. It seems like the themes of family and career have just always been big topics in Tom and Giselle's marriage. Honestly, I have to say, like, it seems now that I've seen their charts, it seems it's honestly crazy how long they were together for like two people that are kind of like two stars, right? Most times we've seen in celebrity couples that two people who are focused on themselves, like cannot survive. But like because of Giselle's sacrifices, she was able to make it work. I think a lot of women are relating to Giselle for the first time in their lives, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, women having caught up to men in career ways and like um, earning power, especially Giselle, who arguably has higher earning power than Tom. Just because she wants to raise her children doesn't mean it, it doesn't degrade the sacrifices she was making, right? So it's sort of like yes. those they have to be recognized appreciated and then when it's time to like when when it was time for her to say goodbye she fucking did it and he won't yeah exactly so anyway dana let's get to the predictions what do you think the future holds for them will tom retire or keep playing what does giselle's upcoming year look like i'm so curious what what's going to be next for them well so like i said in their sinistry they both have major gemini placements so uh tom's Jupiter is at 26 degrees Gemini and his Mars is at 11 degrees Gemini and her Venus is at 19 degrees Gemini. So Mars retrograde start stationed retrograde on October 30th in Gemini at 25 degrees, just short of his Jupiter, which is the planet of goodwill. So it's just short of, you know, bringing him maybe goodwill. This means that he'll get three Mars retrogrades. His first would have been in September. And so when Mars retrogrades, when you get three Mars returns, Mars also rules his second house of income and his seventh house of relationships and rules his moon too in Aries. So it's ruling his his like whole emotional sort of center. I think this could offer him a chance to reconcile maybe since because it rules his seventh house. But and like his moon is there. I think maybe what's most likely is that he will reevaluate his priorities during this time. I bet he'll have, you know, a little bit of regret. 
it's also just changing the trajectory of his relationships and what he knew them to be. Like a retrograde is really about reviewing. Pluto crossed their Davison Mercury on February 8th, 2022 and July 26th. And it will again on December 16th. Maybe more news will come out on December 16th. Maybe not. Saturn stationed retrograde almost, but not Conjunct, quite conjunct their Davis in Midheaven on June 4th. So it's literally within seconds. Both of them are at 25 degrees, but Saturn didn't quite make their Midheaven. So when Saturn stationed direct on October 23rd, it started moving towards their Midheaven, the Midheaven being their public reputation, what we know them to be. So that's the, the last draw. Saturn finally crosses their Davis in Midheaven on February 1st, 2023. If they got back together, it could be at that time. I don't know why they would. It's interesting that it crosses their Midheaven on February 1st, since it's a little poetic. It's one year since Tom's initial fake news announcement that he was retiring. But I do hope, since I love Giselle, that maybe this Mars retrograde will offer her an opportunity to Mars, you know, crossing her Venus three times. Maybe it'll, you know, get her back in the game, back in the love game. What about her reconciliation with Leo? We'll do Giselle and Leo. We'll do a little more predictions um, for the patrons. Anyway, we have a lot to unpack. That's for patrons. If you want to know more, please subscribe to our Patreon. But you guys, this is, I can't believe that this is the end of season five. I can't believe we're five seasons in of Allegedly Astrology. This has been crazy. But don't fret. We have more. We have another bonus holiday episode for you coming up. But DM us if you have any bonus apps or ideas. We're going to start thinking about season six already. So please send us a message and let us know what you think. And um, with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. 